Biology! What's up? <laughs> How about that for a start? Hello there, tipsy theologians. My name is Paul. Your tipsy scholar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is that what I'm calling myself now? That's not a good name for me. All right. Well, anyway, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for clicking on this, even with a title like that. <laughs> There's more where that came from, in case you were worried. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Today we're going to be talking about the Trinity. There's no better way to follow up the incomprehensibility of God than to talk about the Trinity. When we consider the things that don't make sense about God, or what you know, what the things we can't understand, I think the triune nature of God really takes the cake. <laughs> So, uh, there's a lot in there. But hey, before we get into that, there's a lot in there. Before we get into all of it, um, I'm a little thirsty. (laughs) It's drink time! (laughs) So, in honor of our previous tradition on Tipsy Theology, I'm going to take three shots. (laughs) Ah, I'm going to take three of them. Uh, So, for those that didn't know, uh, this was a joke we had that it represented the Trinity. (laughs) Borderline blasphemy is where we live sometimes. <laughs> so if I get struck by lightning during the episode, um, you'll at least know why. <laughs> so there's that for you. So anyway, to start off, um, I'm actually, what I'm not going to do in this one, for the sake of time, I was going to say, because there's a lot that we're going to cover in this episode, um, and I still want to try to keep it. I, my aim every time is like 45 minutes. Do I do that every time? No. Do I do it most of the time? No. <laughs> but that's what I try to do, which, you know, I think there's props for trying, right? I'm going to say there's props for trying. Um, so I'm just going to go through them, and we'll, we'll kind of go through each one of them there. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of things I'm going to say in this that I'm going to kind of brush over um, not go fully into depth about everything. And the the reason for that is just because the main thing, the main idea here that I want to touch on, I want to make sure we get to touch on. But so let's get started. Again, I'm thirsty. <coughs> thirsty boy. A little ASMR for you guys. So we're going to start in honor of... <laughs> I feel like a sinner saying this. <laughs> We have some some bourbon whiskey, some bourbon for the father. <laughs> it's like taking communion. It's not. It's not like that. <laughs> but I'm going to be drinking some Blantons, which for those of you that don't know, um, this is like the, I think it's the top of the line for the old uh, Buffalo Trace peeps. Buffalo Trace is delicious. I think Blanton's takes it to another level. I haven't tried Eagle Rare yet. That's one I really want to try. Every time I've gone somewhere, and they're like, oh, we have it. I'm like, cool, can I have some? I'm like, oh, no, we ran out. I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> so I'd love to try that one. But anyway, cheers. Oh. Shout out to Whiskey Rough. Oh, that's a rough one. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, um, now that that's done, Ugh. the best part is since this is all audio, I could be faking this and you guys would have no idea. Um, but until you start hearing me talk more and you're like, all right, yeah, that's real. <laughs> all right. The next one 
for our youth, for the sun, we have tequila. <laughs> and actually, funny enough, I don't have just like, I don't think I, I think I ran out of other tequila. All I had here was the Espelon Anejo. Anejo. I don't know how to actually, I think that's how you say it. Um, but this is the bourbon barrel one, so that's kind of cool. Some symbolism there. You know, we're, uh, they're all united. <laughs> the Trinity. <laughs> all right. Uh, cheers to tequila. <laughs> Dang. <coughs> I'll also admit, I, uh, <laughs> fire <laughs> uh, i've been better because i've been trying not to drink anymore or I, I shouldn't say it like that not like i'm an alcoholic or it's an issue but um i've been trying to just drink less because uh, it's not good for you to drink it all the time and so i really only drink now when i record these episodes um for the most part which is like once a month so i'm not as uh doesn't go down as smooth as it used to <laughs> Anyway, last but not least, let's not forget the often forgotten person of the Trinity, which I think is a darn shame, is um, the Holy Spirit. And for him, <laughs> uh, honestly, if you if you guess this drink right, I feel like you got to win a prize. I'll think about it. Um, but if you if you get it right, message me and say, hey, I guessed right. <laughs> so, I mean, follow the path here. So for the father, I had whiskey, bourbon. For the son, I had tequila. And for the Holy Spirit, what's it going to be? Uh, that's right, absinthe. <laughs> and, uh, man, we're going to be seeing stars. And I, I uh, didn't really eat today. That's the other thing. I don't feel it yet. I don't feel anything. Because I feel like by now I usually feel like a... What I haven't eaten very much, it's like you get that little like, little buzz buzz, little tips. Uh, I'm not feeling it yet, but it's like a slow release. That's what I found, especially with whiskey. It's like you might have like two shots, and you're like I feel fine, but then give it a few minutes, and then it's like, oh, my body figured out <laughs> what's going on here. <laughs> ah. So you got to be careful with these things. Anyway, cheers to you, uh, Epson. Oh. I love the flavors of all these, but take them in shot form. That's a whole other story. <coughs> Wowzers. Wowzers. Well, here we go. Welcome, welcome. We have completed. <laughs> and now that I have lost most, if not all of you, thank you for you dedicated listeners, your true tipsy theologians. Well, you're a true tipsy theologian if you followed along <laughs> uh it's a total side point i uh i read an ernest hemingway book recently the sun also rises and it's really depressing it's a depressing book he's kind of a depressing author but i was like i you know i want to read this in the way that he would have written it and for those who don't know he loved absinthe <laughs> and so i poured a little like two ounces of absinthe uh, on the rocks, and I was tip sipping that, tipping that. I was sipping that while I was reading it, and uh, it was more depressing. <laughs> so, <laughs> the 
that's uh but i feel like that's uh that's the way you do it you really if you don't know what it's like for me on this side recording then you drink with me but if you're not that kind of person you don't want to you just here for the content i love that even more thank you for being here um now I'm feeling, now it's starting to take place. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> that didn't take very long. I should have eaten like, uh, like a cracker or something. <laughs> anyway, we're great. We're talking about the whole, the Holy Trinity. Um, so let's get down to brass tacks. The whole brass tacks of it all. And for those of you who didn't know, T-A-C-K-S. They refer to, I'm pretty sure, I'm like, I'm a good 64% sure, 65% sure on this, that it's talking about like carpet, like that's the brass tacks, like the tacks that hold the carpet stuff in, and the brass. I thought it was T-A-X, like what the government get, gets from you. Well, that didn't make sense. Brass tacks. <laughs> so there are many different variations of belief when it comes to um, the diff- this aspect of God, which is his this part of his nature. And so I'm going to list the ones that I'm aware of, um, not necessarily familiar with, but the ones I'm aware of, and like a brief um, summary of what they what they believe. So the first one you have is Unitarian, or Unit- Unitarianism, I guess. Um, and so this is the belief that God is the singular and unique creator of the universe. Jesus was simply inspired by God in his teachings and that he is the savior of humankind, but he is not equal to God. So that's what they believe. Uh, I personally don't find myself there, um, but that's that belief. The second one is binatarian, um, which is God exists as two persons, father and son, uh, it teaches that the Holy Spirit is simply another name for Jesus, the Son. Um, and so, we'll get into some of these. <laughs> I'm, I should say this. Um, yeah, so the, I'll keep going. Trinitarian, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. So Trinitarian uh, believes that God exists as three equal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, spirit. Did I say spirit? <laughs> so in Christianity, Trinitarianism is the most common of these beliefs, and there is good evidence to support these claims, which I'm guessing is partly why it's the most common. Um, so for the sake of the episode, I'm not interested in going into each of these different um, uh, definitions or ideas, because um, there's just so much to get into with all of those. Um, but if any of you are either a Unitarian or a Binitarian, I would love to, let's talk, let's 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 do an episode together or even if it's just going back and forth on messages, I'd love to have that conversation because I'm very curious about them because I've never really had a conversation with anyone really about those ideas before. Again, you know, we're here in the pursuit of truth, not to argue. Um, yeah, we might present arguments, but we're here to pursue what is, what is truth. Um, so I want to go through some supporting passages and ideas about the Trinity and why this is so important to the nature of God. Um, so first, <laughs> um, when beginning with something like this, seemingly unintelligible and contradictory attribute of God, it can lead to it can lead people to throw throw their hands up in confusion. Uh, I'm, I've been there. Um, and what's interesting is because at the face of it, 
um, going and like thinking about the vastness, incomprehensibility of God. It, it, it's almost like this is like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like we just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just believe it. Because how am I supposed to figure it out if God is, you know, so vast, so big, so incomprehensible? It's kind of like, yeah, this is like the least of the things that shouldn't, that I'd be like, that doesn't make sense. Like, it, none of it makes sense, really. Um, but with that said, either way, God has given us more, and I want to do what I can to walk through this as best as I can understand it. So, whoo, brah. Let's get started into this. I'm actually a little bit nervous. I will say that because there's a lot in here and I'm like, I don't want to be spewing out heresies, <laughs> but hey, um, that's what we're going to do here. So first, not spit out heresies. Let me say that. We're going to, I'm going to walk through this from what I've put my time into. <laughs> So, first, I want to look at the logic of Trinitarianism. Uh, there's an important word that is given in both Trinitarianism and Binitarianism, for that matter, um, and that word is person. So, it follows here that these persons fall into one being. So, I really like the way that Tim Barnett from Red Pen Logic defined this. So, I'm going to kind of borrow, heavily borrow some of these points on these. Um, so we'll jump into these. Uh, so we'll jump into what these two words mean uh, more in a second. But I want to start with saying that logically, you cannot have three beings equal one being or three persons equal one person. It'd be kind of like saying uh, three apples is one apple. It's like that's just a contradiction. It doesn't make sense. It's not reality. <laughs> uh, so now with that said, Let's talk about these definitions a little bit more because for logical consistency, we can't, we also can't say that three apple trees equals one apple or three boulders equals one pebble. That would just be nonsense. Like you can't have, you know, um, what's what I'm looking for? Um, yeah, just like the, these breakdowns, like they, they just don't work like that. <laughs> you can't have three bigger things equals one small thing. It's like they're not the same thing. Um, hopefully that makes sense. But being has to do with the what of something. So it that means like it's nature or it's essence. So the apple has being and a boulder has being. That's the what. So a person has to do with the who, not the band to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to do with who someone uniquely is. For example, I am a being and a person. I'm a human being, but I'm also Paul, a particular person with unique personal qualities. So an apple is one what, it's being. I'm one what, my being, and one who, a person. And God is one what, his being, and three who's, persons. So, two big questions come up here. The first is about um, their meaning the Trinity, oneness and difference. So the Father is God, the Son is God, 
The Holy Spirit is God. However, the Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. Ha! Ah. <laughs> Each person within God shares the same single nature, the what, but is distinct is a distinct person, the who. Again, not the band. <laughs> so when Jesus, the Son, prays, he does not pray to himself or his uh, his what, the God, uh, which is the, you know, the overarching. So he is praying to a person within God, the Father. So within this what, he's praying to a person. Um, yeah, so the second question there that comes up, or that comes to mind uh, here is, isn't that just polytheism with extra steps? <laughs> it's like, well... Good question. That's a good question. Because I thought about that. These, are, these, these questions are the ones that I thought of. <laughs> so for those that don't know, polytheism is the belief in many gods. For example, Greek or Roman mythology, where they had a full pantheon of gods. Um, they just believe, you know, yeah, and all these different gods. Um, so there's a major distinction here that needs to be considered. When we look at the pantheon, Roman or Greek, um, you know their their pantheon of gods. We see that we see distinct persons, the who, but also different natures, the what. Yes, they are all gods, but they do not share the same nature. I mean, they <laughs> they ate each other for goodness sake. <laughs> it's not sharing the same nature. They're all over the place here. Uh, in that and that's a major thing where it's like. Yeah, they, they didn't share their essence. Their nature was not the same. They were all distinct and different, even within those. So Christianity, 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 my goodness, these shots are hidden. Christianity, I'm also very excited. That's part of it. Um, so Christianity sees its monotheism by these three unique persons United by each wholly possessing the same divine nature. They are in perfect communion with one another, not fighting, scheming, or um, arguing with each other. Um, so basically, all that said, God is, as the title says, a clown car. <laughs> See, I made the title work. <laughs> so, yes, the Trinity is weird but it's not logically inconsistent or polytheistic. Um, and that was, a, that was a lot right there. So I know that this is like a lot of information. Uh, it was a lot of information for me, and it still is. Um, even when we think about that, because we have to take, um, we have to think about this in, it's like, does it make sense? That's the weird part. No, it doesn't make sense. But logically, it's like there's no contradiction in this understanding. Um, and th that's the big thing. Like I, like I said, it's like it really comes down to the idea that they, their nature, their divine nature, their essence is, that's the what, the, the being, is completely the same. There is no separation, distinction, or difference in that. Which is where we see the difference with um, like Greek gods or Roman gods or pick your pick your civilizations gods. Um, 
they each of those had a different a different nature what they tended toward what they what they thought what they liked um not as like a personal preference thing as like a distinct personhood like i'm a unique person with attributes but what their what their goals what their aims were were completely different whereas with the triune god of the bible that nature is the same yes they're unique persons that have um their own unique attributes um but their their goal their nature what they're like is the same i hope that makes sense <laughs> you can also say that doesn't make sense and be like yeah sounds about right <laughs> so with all of this where do these persons come from so there are a lot of people that believe that um, it was just something sort of made up one day by a group of church people at the council of nicaea (laughs) that's one view but however this theology comes from the old testament it wasn't something that was just invented one day or just like randomly appeared and I, i i intentionally wanted to look at the old testament as well um because I think it's it's clearer, but it's not in the New Testament because there's more emphasis placed on that, and we see a more act I don't even want to say it that way, but we place more emphasis on stuff there. But when we look, it's like this information it's like the Old Testament and the New Testament do not disagree with one another. There is consistency inside of that because God doesn't change, and so his word doesn't change. Uh, and there's a lot in there we could we could take apart for sure. And I'm sure some people are raising their eyebrows, <laughs> even just hearing me say that. But anyway, I wanted to look into the Old Testament to see, like, okay, can we find these persons in the Trinity? And can we see can we see the Trinity in the Old Testament? Is basically it, um, since that is what where these ideas came from. And so, for the sake of time. I'm going to take this um, to my favorite example of the Trinity in the Old Testament. Um, and it, this is going to be based on a question that Dr. Michael Heiser, uh, who recently just passed away, so may he rest in peace. I am a huge fan of his work. I love his, um, just everything that he contributed to Christianity and to study. And yeah, he's a great guy. He will be very missed. Um, but this is a question that he asked and answered, and so I kind of want to walk through that a little bit too, because I think it's a great, great example to look into. Um, so the question is, who delivered Israel from Egypt and guided her to the promised land? So I'm going to read three different passages for you that answer this question. Deuteronomy seven seventeen through 19. Um, and these are all just saying all these passages are ESB translation. I'm sorry, Trey. <laughs> we still have to have that conversation at some point. Uh, cause I know he's not a fan of the ESV. At least that's what he said last time. I remember and I'm like, Hmm, that'd be interesting. I'd love to hear why. Um, I should actually probably look into that one of these days, like the different translations and why one might be better than the other or differences or, you know, there's a lot in there. Anyway, these are ESV. Deuteronomy seven seventeen through 19. If you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember the Lord your God 
You should remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So will the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. So it's hard to read right now. <laughs> so that's the first one. The second passage we have is Deuteronomy four thirty-five through 37. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no one, no other besides him. Out of heaven um, he, let, he let you hear his voice, that he might disciple you. And on earth he let you see his great fire. And you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers and chose their offspring after them and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power. And then the third passage we have is Judges 2.1. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bacham, and he said, that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore you swore to give to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. So here we have three passages, three different passages that all say, I guess that's so that said they're different passages, three passages of scripture that all say something different. So the first says, the Lord your God. The second says, his own presence. And the third says, the angel of the Lord. So, which one is it? Who did it? <laughs> and the answer is simple. God did. <laughs> okay, so, Paul, um, we know that God is the what, the being. But you asked who delivered and guided Israel, not what delivered and guided Israel. And my answer to you is thank you for your keen listening skills. You are truly a pleasure and a blessing to have here. <laughs> so, good question. Um, let's dive into these a little bit more because these three separate things are are claiming to be God or doing the work of God. Um, yeah. So let's start with the first one, Deuteronomy 7. If you happen to be, if you happen to be following along, um, you'll see that the, the word Lord that's there is in all caps. Uh, and so th what this indicates, if you didn't know, is that this is the name of God, which would be Yahweh, uh, which he gave. Um, so, okay, sweet. So, so far, so far we're good. Because uh, Yahweh is saying, I, I brought you out of Egypt and did this. Like, cool, I know that guy. That's a good one. <laughs> that one makes sense. Um, so, typically this would be, yeah. Yeah, it's Yahweh. We're good. <laughs> so, next is Deuteronomy 4. Um, and this one says, um, his with his own presence. So whose presence? And that would be God's presence. <laughs> I feel like, I'm like, all right, listen up here, children. <laughs> so in the context of that, his own presence, his would meaning God, um, 
and so with his own presence, what does that mean? That would mean God's spirit, which means the spirit of the Lord, Yahweh. Um, so, and that is, that is the Holy Spirit that we know and love in the New Testament. <laughs> and I, what I will say, if that sounds like it is a bit of a reach, because I know I put that all together very quickly in there. Um, there's a lot of context and study behind that simple connection. Um, it's, I, I, I left out of, I left out for this episode, um, just because it's a lot to get into for the purpose of what I was trying, what I'm trying to get to right, um, with this episode. So if you'd like to hear more about it, please let me know. I'd love to dive deeper into it. I'd love to dive deeper into, into all of these things. Even the first part where, where, you know, we're just kind of defining the logic of it, the, the what's and the who's, um, I, I tried to flesh that out and make that as succinct as I could. Um, and so, you know, if there's more that's needed, I'm sure we'll get, we'll get back into it at some point naturally. But if there's more that you guys want to hear about that too, or you have questions or pushback, like, yeah, let me know. That's what we're here for. Like, <laughs> I want to dive deeper into all of that. Um, but anyway, so, uh, all right. If you thought, that one was a little bit crazy. <laughs> that it's like, all right, we have the Holy Spirit also claiming to have led um, Israel out of out of Egypt into the Promised Land. Uh, here we go into the last passage, which is Judges two. Um, and so the question here is, who is the angel of the Lord? Because he is claiming to be God by saying that it was him who brought them out of Egypt and led them into the promised land. Because when we look at this, it's like, okay, so we know from the first one in, in Deuteronomy, it says that the Lord your God led out. And there's a lot of other things, even instead of like Exodus and stuff that we can see. It's like, all right, this is this is the Lord saying this. So now all, all of a sudden we've got this angel coming up and judges me like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> it's like, who's this guy? <laughs> Uh, and well, Jesus, the son, certainly has a knack for making these kinds of statements. <laughs> we see those scattered through the New Testament where kind of got him killed. <laughs> and so I want to add to this point quickly. Because um, this one I feel like is not as, as readily obvious or is easy to pick up there. And this is a really interesting study. I would love to do more about into this one. Um, I think I would like to do an episode basically just like talk about like reading scripture. Cause there's so many things that I've read that um, I didn't actually read. <laughs> and there's things where it's like, Oh yeah, we all know that story. We all know these passages and you read them. And it's like, Holy cow, where did that come from? And it's just like, yeah, this stuff is there. It's, it's really interesting. Um, and this is one of those where we talk about like the angel of the Lord. It's like, well, who is this? Um, Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. <laughs> it is uh, the Son, the second person in the Trinity. Tequila boy. <laughs> I'll never say that again. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, so yeah, out of this point, um, we can go to Judges 5.13, where we see, this is uh, Joshua. My gosh, not Judges. We go to Joshua 5.13, where we see the commander of the army of the Lord, Lord in all caps. So with his drawn sword in his hand, say to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Ah, uh, burning bush, anyone? 
It's like that's some familiar language that we've seen there. So who is this angel, uh, this commander, this commander guy who's saying the same things that we see, uh, you see Yahweh saying? Um, and so you can go, well, hey, <laughs> that's the commander of the army, not the angel of the Lord. <laughs> that's the guy you're talking about, not this guy. Well, it's good, good point, good question. So um, if we were to do a Hebrew word search um, using the imagery of the drawn sword, we would see, using the, that phrase, we would see, um, see several passages pop up. And these would be Numbers 22, 23, and First Chronicles 21, 16 in particular. Um, so Numbers 22, 23 is Balaam and the donkey, where the donkey sees the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And total side point. I know when people are talking about, it's like, hey, when we die and we go to heaven, like, I would really love to see, <laughs> like, George Washington. I'd love to meet Paul the Apostle and this guy and that guy and, like, cool people. It's like, yeah, I want to meet Balaam. <laughs> what? If he's, hopefully he's there. It's like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> I want to know. It's like, hey, so what was what was going on? What what, what happened? Like, what, what was your reaction when your donkey just turns and he's like, "Hey, bro, <laughs> I would love that. I would, I'd pay money to see that." <laughs> that's all I think about. It's like, oh man, that's my answer for that. If you ever ask me that question, that will be my answer. <laughs> Because I want to know what that was like. And then, you know, maybe maybe the dude was a shroomer. So maybe he's just doing shrooms. So he saw stuff all the time. So maybe that was like, eh, well, donkey's talking again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his personal biz, but I'll find out. I'll find it. I'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> so anyway, with that, we got the second passage here. First Chronicles twenty one sixteen, The angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven. And in his hand, a drawn sword stretched over Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So that's Jesus. <laughs> and what's interesting, what I love about this, these, um, this imagery that we see in the Old Testament and then the New Testament, is the, you know, Jesus who's returning, and we see this in Revelation nineteen eleven through sixteen, on a white horse commanding the armies of heaven. We see him as this figure who is in charge of the army of the Lord who is leading them. And that's that's similar imagery that we see him pretty much like ready for battle. You got a drawn sword in your hand, like you're ready to go. We see that in the Old Testament even. And it's just that continuing figure, um, yeah, of just Jesus here. And so now to really hammer down the point, um, this question revealed um, how these three persons are united under the what the being that is God. Um, so, but we cannot forget their distinctness. So that's that's the thing with that. It's like these verses, these passages. Um, I feel like do a, do a good job, at least in this very like scratching of the surface um, way, of showing how these are all the same. Per, these are all the same being, um, and it can be mistaken for saying like they're all synonymous, and uh, it's all the same. So there's no there's no distinction. So okay, good good point. Let's bring let's look into this. So we cannot forget their distinctness. And so John fourteen twenty five through twenty seven, 
It says, and this is still ESV. I'm so sorry, Trey. <laughs> That's what I read. <laughs> oh, uh, context sake, too. Um, this is Jesus talking. Um, he's talking, yeah, this is him. He's saying, he's saying stuff. <laughs> so, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus says, he tells, he tells them that he is leaving and that the Father will send the Holy Spirit. Jesus is leaving. So the Father can't be sending the Holy Spirit in the absence of Jesus if he is not absent. Also, Jesus cannot return in Revelation if he never left. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to return to a party and never left, but it's impossible. <laughs> like, if, you're, if you are somewhere, you can't return there unless you leave. And then with that, the Father, the Father is not the Holy Spirit or Jesus because you can't send yourself. <laughs> you, you certainly can't do that in someone else's name if you're the same. So like, I can't be like, hey, guys, um, I'm going, how am I going to say this? <laughs> like, I'm going to send myself in my name in my absence. Yeah, that would be that I, Paul, am leaving. But me, who I will send in my name, will be here. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. <laughs> and so with that, like, you have to have separate people. So the Trinity is equal in nature, but distinct in person. We see the, the, the nature of them. We see that even in the Old Testament with those verses of who sent out or who um who who freed the Israel from Egypt and led them to the promised land well that was that was God that did that that was we see that even with each person the trinity takes claim for them doing that um and then here we see them very distinct distinct in person not in nature as in um I'm going to send this person while I'm gone well you can't do that unless you're different unless you're you're distinct persons um yeah I think that's I, I what what I love about that passage too cuz I think it adds a lot of clarity to that. And for me, it makes sense. Maybe for you it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whirlwind. Like it's a lot. Like that's the whole thing with this. It's if anyone tells you they got it figured out, they're lying to you. <laughs> because and it's one of those I've heard this said, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, it's it's the idea of, you know, a, a two-dimensional being trying to figure out a three-dimensional being. So it's like for us, it makes sense. We see in three D, we think in three D. Like this is this is the the life that we are comfortable with, we're familiar with. Our brains can can comprehend it. Um, but then when you take something that 
has never comprehended this before and it suddenly has to interact with it, it makes no sense. Like a two-dimensional being is like, what's a Z-axis? <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, you got like X and Y, which is your up and down, up and down, up and down, side to side. But then like uh, Z is like the depth. Well, uh, who said, who said, was it geometry? Who said geometry wasn't helpful? Algebra, maybe that too. Eh, who knows? It's more, I think it's more geometry. Is it trigonometry too? I don't know. These are too many math. It's math stuff. It's math stuff. Nerds, dweebs, they love this stuff. <laughs> I love I love making jokes like that too because I I probably am that as well. Um, but anyway, it's like that's the idea of us trying to figure that out, where it's just impossible. There, it doesn't like it makes logical sense. If like a two dimensional being was like, oh yes, like depth logically makes sense but i can't comprehend it because i've never my I, i'm just incapable because this is who i am this is what i know and i can't think beyond that and i think that's that's how it is with god if you if we were at equal level with god this would make perfect sense and you'd be like oh yeah duh <laughs> but we're not there and so we got to do the best with what we got and luckily god is consistent <laughs> and so we see the laws of nature, we see systems in place, and those are things that he created and he placed. And logic is one of those things. Um, science is one of those things, like it's a study of how things work. And yeah, it's beautiful, I love it. And uh, this is one of those weird, hard things because there's, yeah, like we're pushing up against our capacity to understand when we look at the Trinity. <laughs> it is something so far outside of who we are and what we think and how we think. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. But it isn't wrong. It's weird. It's like, that's the thing. It's just weird. That's how I like to end it. <laughs> it's just weird. Three beings, or one being equals three persons. It's like, okay, yeah, what? <laughs> it's weird. But the beautiful thing about it is that when we look at this, we have three persons within the Trinity, but they share the wholeness, the perfect wholeness of the same nature, the same essence. And we know that within that, as we're going to continue to study, is 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 such a beautiful, such a beautiful thing when we when we can consider that and think about that. That there is consistency in goodness and justice and mercy and love. And, yeah, yeah, the fact that he can extend any of that to us is, is really amazing. We look at even the idea we talked about this last time, which is the, the imager of God. We are his representatives. The fact that we have been given this status, we spit on it, we threw it away, and he's like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> I still want you to do this. And we have the opportunity to, to, to do it still and to be better. Um, and to get back to that level, I think that's such a beautiful thing. And this is the absinthe talking because I feel like crying right now. I think every every time, every time we have absinthe, we feel like crying. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, it's a good thing. It's not wrong. And I think in the when we look at the greatness of God, it should it should make us a little emotional too because we see what. 
we have done. We see what he has done in that. And that's that's a glorious thing. So I hope that this was helpful, challenging, encouraging. I have so much more. I had so much fun. I have so much more to give, so much more to say about all of this. And I would, honestly, with all these things that I even went over, I'd love to go over them again. <laughs> but maybe it might not be helpful because I, I, I think sometimes I want to over-explain when it doesn't need, it doesn't need more. Um, sometimes it does. But yeah, I had so much fun studying this. <laughs> and it has been incredibly beneficial to me. And I hope that it is for you as well. Um, I know I keep saying this. I've said it uh, at least half a dozen times during this episode, but if you would like to hear more about this, <laughs> this being the Trinity, any topic that we talked about within this, any subtopic, any any piece in here, um, or if you have arguments against, for, whatever, or questions to bring up, you can always email me, and these are all going to be in the podcast description as well. Um, so you can see them there. You can email me at tipsytheologypodcast at gmail.com. I was going to spell it out, but I was like, that might be too much work. Tipsy Theology. You know the name of the pod. You know the name of the podcast. It's Tipsy Theology, the podcast with podcast. <laughs> tipsytheologypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram if you'd like. I'm always there. Well, I'm not always there. But I do look at it, <laughs> and I do post on there, um, <laughs> which is at one of those fancy little at symbols. I feel like I'm. I feel like you've never heard of these symbols before. I'm like, yeah, hey, you never heard of this. At Paul Yuli ninety four P A U L U L L E nine four. That'll also be in the t- in the um, description there too. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Um, yeah, I'll post that in the description. But I look forward to hearing from you guys. Anything you have to add, um, any pushback you have, please, that's what we're here for. We're all trying to pursue this together. And I'd love to continue to talk through this. Um, yeah, because there's so much There's so much inside of all of these things. And even the bits that I that I brushed past with you know, the Old Testament, like looking at the Holy Spirit or looking at um, Jesus, the Son, and how the roles that they play in the Old Testament. Because I think it's very it's very clear for us to look and see, oh, this is where the Father was. And I think there's I think we place an overemphasis on the Father in the Old Testament. And then the New Testament, Jesus, rightfully so, kind of takes center stage. And then the Holy Spirit kind of picks it up at the end. Um, but we don't really have an emphasis on all three figures in all in both testaments. And so there's a lot in there because they're they're not gone. <laughs> like they didn't just get invented one day. Um, they've been there since the beginning, and they continue on through that. And so I'd love to take some more time at some point to go back through these. Um, but with all this said, we're going to continue with our study of the attributes of God. This was a, a long one for me to research and study and go through. Rightfully so, because there is so much inside of here. But I've done what I can to keep it close to 45 minutes slash under an hour. That's what I, that's what, that's my aim. And so if that means I got to read a little bit more notes and a little less, you know, riffing on it, then so be it. But I want to make sure I deliver you guys great content, um, studied as well as I can and explained like a little tipsy boy. That's what we're here for. And uh, yeah, I hope this has been beneficial for you. I look forward to hearing from you. 
And thank you so much for listening in. And I'll talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later.